So one quality that um, helps to keep a group together, cohesive, and uh, listening to each other, responsive to each other, and uh, caring for each other, and tolerant of each other, and patient with each other, <laughs> and so on. All the things that are necessary is the quality of, of respect. <laughs> Whenever we enter a place of practice, we look for a way to pay respect, to bring up the quality of respect, to bring up the the tone and the attitude and the mood and the atmosphere of respect. It's considered you can't really have a proper place of practice without respect. You can't share it with other people without respect. So we always look for a way to show respect. Clearly the easiest way is the conventional way of, of entering the shrines, the first thing we do. Monastic training, the first when you arrive you don't go to your room necessarily, you just put your bags down, go to the shrine and pay respect. You, you, that's your first move. Then you're really entering the place of practice. You haven't really entered a place of practice until you've established the mood of respect. Yeah. Because without it, we're always getting into what I should be, should do, am, am not, what other people want, what they don't want what I want, what I can be, what I can't be, and so on. Whereas the quality of respect just opens up an attitude of I'm open, I'm listening, I'm attentive, I'm aligning myself to the values of the triple gem, to uh, awakeness, to integrity, to sincere practice, to living in harmony, to cooperation, renunciation, virtue, yeah, I'm opening myself to that and remembering those, I'm bringing those up. So that's when we pay respect to the shrine, we tune into those values. And they're, they're nothing to do with what one should be or could be or was or wasn't, what other people think. They are values that you, just, you like you strike the bell, you resonate with those again. So it's always a time you want to do in an unhurried way with a sense of doing this in order to remember and recollect those values. Then you replace respects to the elders. The elders are the, the gatekeepers, the caretakers, um, the people who hold the field, hold the place open for people to share. And they've been doing this for a while. So they're both people, persons, with bodies and diseases and histories and karma and happiness and unhappiness and they're also gateways to something transpersonal to virtue to mindfulness to uh, integrity to simplicity to non-abuse and so forth so this is the beauty of um, sangha of living sangha of human beings and of well-practiced uh, beings, and look to the elders of those who just basically have been at it longer. <laughs> so they're the ones who are responsible to hold, hold the place open, hold the field, hold the tone, uh, keep the sense, keep the whole picture in mind. You know, not to just get into particular details, but holding the thing open for the welfare of others. And you recognise that takes some effort, takes some sacrifice, takes some patience. You know. Testing, yeah. Mm. So you respect that they've used their individual, their personal 
energies, their bodies, their time, their lives to generate and support a practice place for the welfare of everyone. So you respect that. And uh, if you have the good fortune to meet or stay with or attune to or or associate with uh, well-practiced beings, then you you can recognize, but you begin to discern and recognize particular qualities that you can bear in mind. This one reminds me of firmness or stillness. This one aspect reminds me of warmth or joyfulness or clarity or sharpness or patience. You know, what do they remind you of? The human, like you are. And they represent the way the human being operates in line with the triple gem. This is precious because in some way they have qualities that you have, perhaps haven't developed yet. But then you bear that in mind. You remember, oh, stillness. Hmm. Where's that in myself? Can I even recognize that quality that I, that I deeply respect, that I appreciate? Can I bear that in mind? So... Often when one, you know, rather than just using it as a formality to get over with, you meditate. When you go to sit, you bring up your recollection of the values, the skills. And particularly if you have the good fortune, you remember exemplars and mentors, and you think, oh, that, I remember that in them. That quality, that touched me, that moved me. Ah. You bring it up. You remember it, you resonate with it. This is the stillness, this is the joyfulness, this is the patience, this is the compassion, this is that. Yeah, I recognize that. If you didn't have it in yourself, you wouldn't recognize it. (laughs) If it didn't mean anything, you wouldn't recognize it. Because it means something, it means you too have that. You have that possibility. It means something to you. So you use that, bring up these meanings as they've been presented to you as they've been shown to you, as you've seen them, you bring them up. Then you sit with that, turn it over in your mind for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, however, just until you feel you've established those those reference points. And that they then become the meditator. Hmm. You know, they become the reference points for our mindfulness. They, they hold the mind. So the mind is getting fretful. Ah, oh, remember patience. The mind is getting negative and critical. Remember kindness and compassion. The mind is getting excitable, excited and restless. Remember stillness. Remember equanimity. Yeah? So you use those qualities to tone, tonally place your mindfulness. This is why it's considered pretty important and valuable to have beings who you respect. Because then you take those qualities in that you respect, you see them outside, you have things, you have images you can bring to mind, you have incidents you can bring to mind, you have moods you can bring to mind, you take them in and you, you practice with those. They then become your inner Buddha, your elder, the elder within you, not the, you know, whatever else can be within you, the spoiled brat, the idiot, the, <laughs> the bully, <laughs> the other people who can take over our chitti say no you don't want that they're not going to guide my meditation <laughs> you know they're not that kind of fretful domineering type or the whimpering no 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 it's just something you 
you practice with, you don't let it take over. And essentially it's establishing in a, in a community, externally, this sense of a, a relationship that has no fear. So respect can be paid in many ways. Obviously there are the conventional forms of bowing, different cultures have different forms of bowing. You know, it all indicates a certain softening of one's separateness, one's kind of need to stand apart. It's In a way it's a kind of relational experience, isn't it? You're not standing apart, stiff and upright. You're kind of softening into somebody else's presence. That's the gesture of it. So in a way, it kind of has a certain intimacy to it. You know, we meet, we share, we, we connect. Uh, but in connecting in a way that's not about grasping or demanding or fear or power, just the mere sense of we respect that in us, which is worthy of respect. Respect that in the other that is worthy of respect, and when you pay respects to another, in a way, it's your way of helping to remind us all: please be worthy of my respect. You know, remember that in you which can be can hold my respect with care and respect, not as some kind of personal trophy or personal statement. But I respect that in you which is worthy of respect. And the person who's given respect realizes, I must now act in a way that is worthy of respect. Yeah. So it's our reminder to each other, and then so it's not this way we generate not particular individuals, but a whole atmosphere of respect. What is that? It means I trust that in you, which is worthy of respect. You have something that's worthy of respect. Yeah. Please remember that, remind yourself of that. And this is what you uh, act as the leader of your practice and your awakening. Without this is so important, I think, because nowadays we live in a human world that's almost completely stripped bare of uh, skillful relationships. People t- have been inducted into the myth of the independent individual. It sounds kind of attractive and and rugged and so forth, the independent individual. Independent independent individual is it, it desperately lonely and desperately needing to prove they're something. <laughs> they live in a void, in a vacuum, where they're constantly questioning how good they are, proving themselves to themselves, having to you know, climb mountains or do amazing things to feel good enough with themselves because they're living in a vacuum. There's no humanity around them. There's no real humanity around them. There's no sense of being cared for, interested in, sympathised with, uh, warm to. They have to keep proving themselves. <laughs> and that's the myth of the individual. And it sounds attractive to, you know, when you start to live in it and you meditate in it, particularly when you meditate in it, an individ, independent individual is always trying to prove something. <laughs> On a personal level, always trying to get some state or another, trying to ward off the feeling of inadequacy, trying to dispel the sense of um, not being good enough, because the person isn't... <laughs> it's limited, he can't be 
perfect. <laughs> yeah. So you're trying to perfect something that can't be that way. But the person is a doorway to, to the transcendent, and that is possible. The person is the doorway, the, the caretaker, the doorkeeper, through here, in this, we move through it with care. Yeah. Then you've got some, then it's definitely the person is valuable, the true person. So this is the way we integrate our persons, our personalities, holding them carefully, holding them lightly, holding them with sensitivity towards each other, and so that we show this, this sense of spaciousness and care that we call respect. This is a beautiful way to enter the field of practice. Andamayandamagadhyasatukarandadamase Sadhu